with the cheetah they also critically endangered the bloodlines and the genetics of the cheetah is very small there's a very very small genetic pool because of inbreeding because there's so few cheetah left in the wild so the cheetah conservation is also incredibly important true wealth is not just about money it is spiritual mental emotional and physical the holistic wealth podcast will give you all the tools you need to experience wellness on your own terms I'm your host, Lucero Wiley, and I've learned that we are not what happened to us. We are what we choose to become. Are you ready for your upgrade? Well, hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're all the way in South Africa right now, so there's a bit of a time difference, but I really appreciate having you today. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And you, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, for all of you that don't know about Nikki, she is just amazing. I had the opportunity of meeting her and her mom a couple of weeks ago when we went to a safari in South Africa in this amazing place called Sulunyala, which Shirley will tell you more about it. And Nikki is just such a powerhouse that has been fighting for animal rights. She's all about rhino conservation, cheetah conservation. She's just an amazing, an amazing woman. Whether it's with families and different villages in Africa, helping them with their education, and of course, anything concerning endangered species. So uh, Nikki, can you tell us a little bit about how, how you got started in this thing and how do you became so passionate about animals? So I've been very lucky when we grew up, I um, had a whole menagerie of different animals. Um, we've ha always had oh, a minimum of 10 or 12 dogs and a plethora of cats and birds and horses and donkeys and all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Um, my dad actually started Zulunyala years ago um, in 1981 to be exact he wanted to start a uh, to buy a pineapple farm and he ended up with a game reserve <laughs> and he had no idea of how to run it and um, they started off with a six-man um, gentleman's camp um, to do hunting and as the years have gone on the hunting has fallen by the wayside and um, we focus now mostly on photo safaris and um, bringing a lot of people to Africa who would never ordinarily come to Africa. And um, they get to come and do photo safaris. So um, that's all changed over the years. And it's gone from a six-man gentleman camp into a massive operation now um, where you came by the day. Yes, it was such a beautiful property. I was honestly shocked. I didn't know what to expect because the way I ended in, in Sulunyala was because I was in these very, very fancy gala next to the White House when I was running for Senate in DC. And there was a silent auction uh, to benefit a lead, which is like all the association for Asian students in the United States. So this wonderful safari was part of the silent auction. And I remember uh, fighting over it with a coworker. <laughs> we were just like driving them. I was like, stop it. Like we're on the same team. <laughs> but this guy was just like fighting me for it. But I won at the end. 
And I had just been waiting for years because like COVID got in the middle and we had to like postpone the trip. Everyone was so amazing, by the way, <laughs> on your side of the house. And I was just like in awe. Once, once I got there, I had no idea this, this would be so incredible. I kept saying like, oh my gosh, this hotel like asks nothing for a Ritz-Carlton. It's like way better. And then <laughs> you have like all these animals walking around and the Niala. It was just like a, a paradise, honestly. So I, I've been wondering like, how do you, how do you feel about like having people come and they're just like, oh my gosh, the pictures don't do it justice and all the animals. Because I'm like, the world needs to know about you guys. This was just perfection. <laughs> Thank you. That's so nice of you to say. Um, so we do donate packages to the galas and the charity events. Um, and so many of our guests, they do exactly what you did and they fight over the packages and they say that it's a once in a lifetime trip. And they, it's quite cool because so many people come to me afterwards and say they all thought it was a once in a lifetime thing and it was a bucket list, but they were so wrong because they're going to come back and they're not done with Africa. Like once they get bitten with the bug, they just want to come back all the time. So it's really cool to hear that you had such a cool time. Um, I'm actually quite spoiled because like how excited you were to see the Nyala and all the buck walking around um, the gardens and stuff. When I lived on the farm, the rhino would come and drink out of my swimming pool and the elephants would dig up my garden and I'd always get so annoyed from it. And then I'd have to have a friend come up or I'd have to talk to someone and they'd be so excited to put in perspective of how lucky I actually am to have experienced all of that. Absolutely. It is just such a magical experience. But to me, what matters most is a sense of awareness, right? Because it's not just about the beautiful hotel, but the fact that because of, of you and this project and Solunyala, people get to see animals in their habitat. And you also get to realize this endangered species, how big of a deal it is, how hard it is to keep and to protect. And especially right now with so many of them in danger of extinction, it's like you're not even thinking about it until you're actually there. So can, can you talk a little bit about how you became like, so, so passionate about it that you started like the Rhino Project? Um, so when I started, uh, it was right in the thick of Rhino poaching and um, I wanted to make a difference, but it, you know, people often donate to to charities and they don't know where the money is going and that really bugged me because I wanted people to be open and honest and I wanted our guests or whoever wanted to donate to know exactly where the money was going to go and I wanted to be 100% completely transparent so what we did was we came up with this idea where guests could actually buy shares in a rhino. So I'm going to just like keep it simple. So say, for example, a rhino costs $100. Each share would be $1. And if you wanted to pay $10 towards it or $50, that would be okay. So people could donate as much or as little they wanted. And then whichever rhino they bought, well, bought or put shares to, <laughs> then they would get pictures and updates and um, they could see how their rhino was doing. So that was the whole idea of the rhino project. And it was actually very, very successful. We were managed to buy, we managed to buy quite a few. We're at the point now where we uh, have the maximum number of rhino we can have on our reserve. And 
the whole idea of the project was to breed and then uh, send them to other reserves so we could help re-establish rhino populations at other reserves in Natal. Um, Unfortunately, because the poaching has gotten so bad and because of COVID um, and because rhinos are such high risk and high security animals, um, other reserves and us, we have to pay a huge amount of money towards protection for them and for security and their general costs are really, really high. So a lot of reserves no longer want rhino, unfortunately, because it's just too expensive to keep them. Mm-hmm. That is that is so sad. I remember finding out because I generally think about these things, how for some people or some cultures, right? Like some Asian cultures that think that the rhino horn has some magical healing power when it's nothing but like nails, really. So it makes a poor rhino basically worth more death than alive. So I, I really don't understand that, that blows my mind. So is there anything uh, like people can do or like a place like, for example, is the Rhino project is it still open for donations now that it comes in terms of security rather than buying a share of a rhino? Um, it's still very alive and running and um, we still do send the updates only now guests obviously can't purchase a share in a rhino um, because we don't need any more rhino but all that all the funds that we do raise go to protection of them and their upkeep um, I think when you had come to the farm we were busy with the vet and um, one of our older cows she had a bit of a bladder infection so we needed to give her some antibiotics so we had to get the chopper out and we had to knock her down so we could give her antibiotics and give her veterinary care and uh, general maintenance of uh, maintaining the animals um, that happens every single day Um, even though we're in the midst of COVID and all these things are happening the animals don't know that so we still need to look after them. I know. And that is crazy because one doesn't realize these things because maybe people think that you're on safari and it's like a zoo, right? Like the animals are right there. I personally didn't realize that you can be driving the entire safari like for three hours and you don't get to see an animal just because these game reserves are so big with the point of them being in their natural habitat that you need to look for them. So like when one of the animals, like you said, gets sick, It's like, you need a helicopter. You need to be able to track the animal down. Where is he today or she? And then, like you said, like dart them to sleep, to like make them fall asleep so you can like give the medicine. So the the cost of this is just insane, (laughs) obviously, on top of protecting them from the poachers. So is there like a link or a website when people can donate to this Rhino project? Like, would you mind sharing it with us? Yes, I will send it to you. And also there, if you do donate, you do get a certificate. And I'm not sure how it works with in the States, but for us um, and people in South Africa, if they do donate, because it's a not, we've registered it as a nonprofit organization, that part of it, you do get a tax. It yes. is tax. Yeah, because yes. it is a nonprofit organization. Oh, that's awesome. And can we donate online? Uh, yes, you can. 
and then you'll still get and we'll send you your certificate and if you want updates on a specific rhino then that's also okay do you mind sharing the website in case someone can i send interested? it to you on whatsapp oh yeah of course is that yes, all right I'm sorry i don't over. have it offhand sorry no Perfect. I don't want don't to leave this because I'm not very technologically advanced. I don't know if I leave <laughs> this if I can get back in. Yeah, I'm the same way, but don't worry. We can just post it on the episode description, guys. Just look for the link that Nikki will send to me and you will Sorry. see where you can donate. And then, um, well, as we're talking about conservation, I was also very excited to hear about the Cheetah project that you have going on. So we, I was very fortunate to get involved with another rescue organization. It's called Running Wild Cheetah Conservation. And what these people do, it's absolutely extraordinary, is they take cheetah that have been abandoned or um, cubs that have been abandoned or their mothers have been killed. And they raise the cubs in captivity and they then teach them how to hunt and they teach them it's it's so cool so what they do is they actually take the cats out like on a collar like a dog harness and they kind of if there's a, a prey species like a zebra or something that's too big for the cheetah to to kill they will hold them back so they learn not to go after those animals and they only let them go when there's something that's their size that they will be able to make kills with and they it's incredible the te- the cheetah learn what to do and what not to do a natural instinct just takes over and they are able to make their own kills and they teach that they, they learn how to hunt and these cats are then released onto other game reserves to try and bring up the wild cheetah population um they also try or they also do successfully breed the cubs in captivity which is a very very difficult thing to do so they do breed in captivity and then the same process goes with these cubs Um, they stay with their mom and when they're old enough they are taught or their mother teaches them how to hunt and they are then put onto other reserves which is amazing oh with the cheetah with the cheetah they also critically endangered and the breeding pool like the bloodlines and the genetics of the cheetah is very small there's a very very small genetic pool because of inbreeding because there's so few cheetah left in the wild so the cheetah conservation is also incredibly important and it's so um, vital that new genetics are put into different areas of the country to keep the genetic pools big enough so that we don't have inbreeding and we can keep the populations going, which is why what Liska and Des, they're the founders of Running Wild, what they do is so important for cheetah in South Africa. That's really amazing that you're also collaborating with them. And you were telling me that the next project is to get a cheetah, right? In, in Suluniela? Yes. So we had a, an old boy. We had him for 14 years. And sadly, he had to be put down last year. Um, he was very sick and he had arthritis. So the vet decided that the kindest thing to do for him was to put him down. So we are in the process and working with Running Wild um, to get one of their cheetahs. Her name is Kiara. And um, hopefully soon we'll get all our permits and we'll get everything that we need to bring her on to Zulunyala. That is so amazing. And we are very, very excited to, to help you get Kiara. 
which is also why um, guys, we're starting a GoFundMe to help to hopefully help Nikki and Soluniala get Kiara. The link is also on the podcast description. So I hope you can help us donate so that we can get Kiara a new home and she can be released into this wonderful, wonderful reserve that is Soluniala. And maybe you can share some pictures with us about Kiara later so that we can send them on the email. <laughs> Of course, she's beautiful. And then the idea is hopefully when we get all our permits and all our ducks in our row, in a row, our end game is to eventually get a male, an unrelated male, and then any babies that they have will also go onto other reserves in the area to try and bring up that gene pool with the cheetahs. Oh wow, that's amazing! Everything you do for all these animals just like blows my mind. You are so amazing and such a rock star. And also, yes, you are. And I remember when you were telling me how for you it's not just about helping all these amazing, exotic, endangered species, but how you told me that before COVID, you also work with schools, right? With children in South Africa. Oh, that's one of my favorite, favorite excursions. So when our guests come out to South Africa, we offer them like a whole bunch of activities. So you're not only on the reserve, you can go and you can play with the elephant at the elephant's interaction at a reserve down the road. You can go to um, St. Lucia, which is a world heritage site to go look at the hippos. Um, So we have a whole bunch of different activities, but by far my favorite activity is Imbonese, which is a school, a local school that's down the road from us. So what happens when you come on an excursion, you will go to go to the school and you'll see a, the day, you'll spend a day in the life of one of the locals and go to the school. So you'll start off at the little spaza shop, which is like the little local Shabin shop um, where you can buy little packets of chips and chocolates and cold drinks. And then you're taken to the school where you can see you actually go into the classroom with the kids and you see what they're being taught. You'll go into a, a class where the, with the little, little ones and then you'll go up the grades um, until I think there's the oldest grade is the kids are 13 years old. Um, after that, you'll then go to the actual village where they come from and you'll go and you'll meet one of the old gogos one of the old grandmas and she'll show you how they ground their milli meal and give you a taste of their home their homemade beer which is amazing um, and you can see how they live and experience a day in their life which I absolutely love it's my favorite favorite excursion um, and a lot of our guests as well when they come out they bring shoes or crayons for the kids and a lot of them bring sweets or balls and the kids just go absolutely mad like it's the coolest coolest experience I absolutely love it oh that is so amazing and like that's so beautiful I'm so upset we couldn't do that one just because of COVID I know we will have to come back for for that one for the school and to bring things with us because Sometimes shipping things is more complicated. So I think it's more efficient to just donate some money to, to organizations like, like the ones you are with and like yourself that can, like you said, that can directly have that impact. So 
Yes, I'm really excited and I feel really lucky to be able to, to support you in any way I can so that we can hopefully keep helping all of these um, animals and also for the school. So in this particular case, um, do we, can we make also donations for Sulunyala or like for the school or do we send package, care packages or what would work better like for the children? So at this point, we haven't actually ever set up a, set up something to donate to the kids. What some of the rangers have done is guests will send it directly to their ranger. So they would have sent something like, I know one lady, she sent pencils. We got like 5,000 pencils that... <laughs> That she sent that she sent directly to the ranger and then we took them to the to the school but I'm I will look into that I will get okay. into that if people are interested and people want to donate to the school I'm very happy to set something up that we can and I will set, set, take videos of the children receiving everything and I will set up something if there is interest in that I have no issue to set up something for that Thank you so much. I appreciate it just because this is such a beautiful labor and sometimes one doesn't realize, right? That just keeping that Starbucks latte can actually make a huge difference both in children's lives in South Africa or, or an animal to not go extinct. So yes, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of interest. So we'll definitely have to have you on a different podcast once you have that set up so we can, we can set those donations. And I just wanted to ask you because all these things you're doing is like, how do you do it all? Especially like nowadays, how do you balance like all these conservations and charities and you're going to school as well, right? So what is your life like? <laughs> so I'm currently uh, going to second year of veterinary science um, in Edinburgh. So I have to have a very good sense of humor, lots of wine, <laughs> <laughs> lots of <laughs> and also we've met I'm so lucky because through all this work you meet the most incredible people who help you along the way and I get to have amazing conversations like this one and you get help from the most amazing places and it makes it all worth it especially when you see the rhino I'll, I'll send you a video but one of them we had an amazing amazing woman from um part of Palm Beach in Florida and she donated enough that we actually bought a cow and a calf and that feeling of when she walked off the truck I know that you're going to protect it and she'll be part of a future generation and help um, have babies that can go onto other reserves and try and help keep the, the species alive it's amazing like you can't describe it I'll send you the the video as well so you can see what I mean when she walked off the truck and this particular rhino that I'm talking about um as she ran off the truck or oh, the first thing she did was turn around and wait for her baby to come after her and oh. she was like without my baba and it was just such a cool experience so we've I'm very very lucky to be able to get to do what I do and and get to help out in a tiny 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 way it's absolutely amazing oh my gosh that is so amazing and yes we we were able to see uh, mama rhino with a baby when we were out there and it was just 
it's just so amazing to watch how the little one is always like behind the mom, kind of tagging along. It's like the cutest. If I can say as well, I don't know if this is right, but with the running wild, um, as much they also are obviously massive into conservation and they do take volunteers. Unfortunately, we don't. But if anybody wanted to go for a week or two weeks or a month, um, to help and you actually get to help out and be with the cheetahs and see how they teach them to hunt and do that they do take volunteers and they rely a lot on volunteers so if anyone is interested in going and volunteering there I love it it's absolutely amazing it's one of my favorite places um, that is a possibility so then I'll put give you the link as well and Aliska's contact if anybody wanted to contact her to volunteer that is amazing. So what did, did you do it? Like, did you go there to help the cheetahs? Wow. <laughs> for a whole, I didn't volunteer for a whole stint, um, but I was with when we were, when we took Kiara to hunt and I've spent quite a bit of time there, obviously. Um, and it's just amazing. Wow. And do, are you scared? Like when you take like Kiara to hunt, isn't it like... <laughs> Or is them, uh, they so their instinct is incredible, and as soon as they know what they're there for, they get so excited. They know as soon as they get that collar on and they get put on the back of that vehicle to ta be taken towards the game, they get so excited and they know what their job is and they are so focused. And you can see in their eyes, like their whole mindset changes, it's unbelievable. Wow. That's going to be really amazing to watch. Yes, another thing to do once I come back. <laughs> to I'm see all these cheetahs. Back, I'm back. Yes, absolutely. So how do you balance? You were saying you're studying in Edinburgh, and then you have all of this going on in South Africa. So are you like back and forth constantly? So... At the moment, I'm obviously on school holidays, so I'm back in South Africa. Um, school starts in September, so I'll go back to Edinburgh in September. Um, we are very lucky. We've got quite a good team um, at Zilinyala, so and with, the, with correspondence and um, with the internet and WhatsApp and all these things that I'm really bad at, um, it's quite... <laughs> Uh, it's obviously I would prefer to be here and be on the ground and be and there with everything that happens um but I've got an amazing team or we've got an amazing team at Sulunyala and um everything is still able to run smoothly and everything still continues to work even when I'm not there yes absolutely I think that's the one thing that COVID taught us all right how we can make everything work long distance through technology <laughs> but I think yes and I I just really admire how passionate you are about about all of these different like causes and all of these wonderful charities that you collaborate so I was just wondering like do you think this is what you want to keep doing because you're in veterinary are you going to continue with exotics or do you think you'll go in a different direction <laughs> I have no idea yet. Um, <laughs> answers are as much as I say I might not. I I don't think I can ever leave Africa and ever truly leave the animals here. Like they just, it's 
part of me. I've grown up with it. So I don't know as much as I can say no. I don't know. <laughs> I think it might be very difficult. Um, and chances are I will come back and I will probably do wildlife. But I'm not 100% sure at this point. Well, I think life will take you wherever you ultimately need to be. But if you do end up with wildlife and exotics, is to me is one of those like, wow, there's so few people in the world that have the knowledge that you have or this kind of knowledge and experience and interaction with all these animals that you grew up in that, like you said, might be the natural way, but I'm sure you'll end up where you need to be. <laughs> And finally, I wanted to ask you, um, what are, if you don't mind me asking, what's your favorite animal? <laughs> a warthog. I love them. I had to raise, I had to raise two and they go and they make this thing because, you know, they've got their big snout and they, <laughs> they make noise and they go, shnuff, 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 shnuff. So oh. I, <laughs> I call them my shnuff, shnuffs and I love oh. them the most personality they are hysterical you can watch them for hours or I can watch them for hours and hours and hours and they're just so ugly that they're cute they're the best things in the whole world I know I remember when we saw them those are like the little like for those of you who watch the Lion King warthogs are Pumba yes. <laughs> so it's <these> little Pumbas <laughs> what was your favorite when you when you came well, my favorite animal had always has always been the tiger. So I really like the big cats. I really like we got to see the leopard in the in your game reserve and the lions and the one next door. So I really like the big cats. But those warthogs were adorable. <laughs> <laughs> A lot more majestic than the warthogs, but oh they so cute. <laughs> and the elephants are really nice too. We, we got to see them at, at your reserve as well. We saw the, the two big mama elephant and the baby, well, mama elephant, the female elephant and the little one. They yeah, were, were so... pee amazing. <laughs> <laughs> know. Yeah, they got a little, a little annoyed by our presence one, one of the times, but it was just, even that, that was such incredible experience, just looking at them up close and how, how protective they are of each other and just how they are in the wild. Our ranger was like really, really good. His name was Justin and he explained to us all about, I didn't know elephants eyesight wasn't as good. And he told us like, you don't want to approach elephants like at dusk because obviously their sense of smell and hearing is good, but the eyes not so much. So if they can't tell like, what you are, who you are in between the shadow of the dusk, it's not like the best time to approach. So all these things we learned, it was just so amazing. And yes, we got to see almost all of the big five in your reserve. That was amazing. Oh, I'm very glad. Yes, the only one we saw in the other one was the lions. But other than that, we saw all the big five in yours. And yay. Speaking of Big Five, I didn't know what Big Five was until I landed in South Africa. Could, could you explain why, why they call Big Five and what they are for our listeners that don't know? So the Big Five originally were the five animals that were the most difficult to hunt and the most dangerous to hunt. So it is a lion a rhino, an elephant, a buffalo, and a leopard. 
And then with the rhino, it's not even the white rhino. It was the black rhino because they are much smaller and they're much more aggressive than the white rhino. But obviously over the years, um, as hunting has decreased, um, the, the name of the big five has stuck. So a lot of people don't actually know why it is the big five and that it was previously a hunting, a hunting term. Um, and now people just want to see the big five, which is quite cool. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what happened to us. And I didn't know, for example, the one I was shocked was that the, the buffalo, the water buffalo was it, that, that one never crossed my mind. I would have thought it would it wouldn't be as hard. And we saw so many in your reserve. So why <laughs> is the buffalo so was so hard to hunt? Yeah, so with the buffalo, they're very, very conniving. So what happens is if you if you shoot one and you wound it and you don't actually kill it, as you're walking to track it, it actually circles back on you. And when you're not suspecting, it'll do a full circle and it it'll it they kill a lot of the hunters because they're not aware that they're actually tracking in a circle and the buffalo comes back and kills them. Wow, that is amazing. I had absolutely no idea. Wow, you learn something new every day. And what about your favorite animal of the big five? Um, probably the rhinos, especially oh. the babies with those cute big feet and how they flop around and play with their moms. They are so gorgeous. Um, oh. Yeah, I've never thought about that one before. It's always just been a warthog. <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. Oh, well, thank you so much for being with us today. Is there anything else you'd like to, to share or to talk about or to tell to the people that are listening to us right now as to what can they do or how can they get involved or where can they find you? Um, so if people want to get involved, obviously with the Rhino Project, they're more than welcome to donate. If anybody has any questions about um, the Rhino Project um, or any other conservation projects, I'm always keen to get involved in anything that will be um, that will help the animals and help conservation. Um, my email address is nicola at zulunyala.com. Um, so that's N-I-C-O-L-A at Zulunyala, Z-U-L-U-N-Y-A-L-A.com. Did I say that right? Flip, sorry. Um, yes. And then, um, or get in touch with me over Facebook. My, it's, my name is Nikki Shaw. If anybody wants to volunteer at Running Wild, the email address for the people to contact, that's Aliska, is, will be posted below. Um, and also if anyone is interested in any photo safari packages or if they'd like to come um, to Zulunyala, they're also more than welcome to get in touch or if you've got any charity uh, events or fundraisers and you'd like to know how it works, um, you're also more than welcome to send me an email um, or find me on Facebook and I will answer any questions. Thank you so much, Nikki. And yes, I would like everyone to encourage if you are if you ever get the bug of the safari or the Africa adventure. I mean, guys, just see my Facebook albums or public or my Instagram stories because that things we were able to see at Zulunyala and with Nikki and the team were just absolutely incredible. And yes, we will share all of the links. 
And thank you again, Nikki. Thank you so much for being with us. And I am definitely looking forward to see if we can help you get Kiara and just help you with all the wonderful activities you're doing with conservation projects. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming out and for taking the time and for just being you and being so amazing and helping us. We really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.